and welcome to the Scottish Indie Podcast. Today I'm delighted to welcome along Brooke Combe. How you doing, pal? Not too bad, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I've not been feeling that well the last couple of days, but I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, and you've been at Transmit this weekend, so I'm getting you lunchtime <laughs> on the Monday afterwards. Uh, I feel like I'm putting a bit of pressure on you. Oh, nah, don't be that. To be fair, I was only there on the, the Friday. So, ah, right, um, so you've had a couple of days to recover. I've had a, uh, I've had a few recovering days for sure. Um, but what what a weekend, I it's been good. <laughs> what did you see? I seen um I seen the Lathams and felt like I had to support you know, and um Sam Fender Blossoms Cortinas, oh, it was class. It must be so good as well being back to that kind of festival environment. It felt like a million miles away not so long ago. You know what? Funnily enough, that was the first festival I've ever been to. <laughs> Wow, okay. I know, so it was uh, it was quite an experience, but I didn't really anticipate that people would kind of know me. <laughs> so like every two minutes, I was getting stalked. But nah, it was a good it was a good day. And that kind of just shows you the, the rise that you've had as well. That that people are interested in what you're doing and, and know, stopping like, for I, selfies and such like. Now that must be a really surreal feeling. I never expected that at all. Um, so it was quite, it was quite strange. I would say it was weird because obviously I was having a bevy and whatnot, but I, I just felt like I had to be a bit more um, myself, shall we say, not not as loose as I would have liked to be. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that is one of the drawbacks. So, Brooke, for for those that haven't heard you, could you give a bit of background to yourself and also your sort of sound for the listeners? Yeah, yeah. So I'm 21 from Edinburgh um, and I only really started getting properly into music maybe about two years ago um, started posting covers and stuff online they got a bit of momentum and got noticed and then I got signed with management and whatnot started going to Par Street Studios um, and recording some tunes but I mean as far as like my sound goes I've, I'd still think I'll, I'll let everybody else decide that do you know what I mean because uh, there's a bit of everything I would say in, in my songs. Normally, what I would do is I would normally kind of start at the beginning and then work my way through. But I, I feel like it kind of makes more sense to to start at the present day and go backwards almost with yourself. And yeah. what an incredible 2021 you're having! As you say, you've not been involved in music for too long, but it's been a, a real whirlwind, especially this year. Oh, I mean, I could. It's strange because obviously 2020 was just a horrible year for everybody. Um, but I actually felt like that was like the start of my career really taking off. So it was, it was a weird one. It was quite bittersweet in a way. Um, but yeah, it's, th- this year particularly has been crazy. It's been really quick. And I feel like next year is going to be a big year for me. And a couple of months ago, you released Are You With Me? And it's a superb first single. The reaction to it has been pretty staggering as well. You must be really pleased at that. Oh, it was funny as well because I wrote that when I was 17. And at the time, and obviously I'm going to be 22 now, but I just felt like that was a special song. And obviously releasing it as your first single when you've not really got that much fans or whatever, it's a risk because it's probably still one of my favourite ones to this day. But I feel like... Ah, it's had a really good reaction. I've been loving it. Everybody was screaming it at the gig. So 
I am quite. I'm very proud of that one. And you recorded, as you said, at Par Street Studios alongside Jim Skelly from the Coral. Uh, mm-hmm. Charlie from Blossoms plays the bass on. Are yeah. you with me? That's a, a great deal of experience, invaluable experience, I guess, for you to lean on there. Oh, massively. I mean, I, I really appreciate as well everything they've taught me because it's not just like they'll come into the studio and they'll play their instruments or they'll do their thing. It's like always more than that. And with them, um, we've got quite a good friendship now. I go to James for like any music advice and he's always there to hit me back up with whatever knowledge he has. And um, I chat, even seeing Chaz, I mean, I was a massive Blossoms fan. So being able to have him on, he's done bass on like all my tunes so far. So I've been very lucky and I'm very grateful for, for them to do that for me. Were you a fan of the, the Coral as well prior to, to meeting James? Well, it's funny because obviously I'd heard of the Coral, right? So, but I'm I'm quite like, I'm the type of person that thinks ignorance is bliss. So I don't, I don't really like to research or look into anything before I've done it. I just like to go in open-minded, no um, preconceived ideas. So I'd went into Par Street and I'd taken my dad with me because it was like the first trip I was going on. And um, I was like, no, we're not going to listen to the choral. We'll do it on the drive home, whatever. So we get in the car and we put on the tunes. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't even believe I've just been working with him for like the past three days. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, but yes, I am a big fan. I am now. <laughs> I, you, you'll need to be, there'll be no excuses now. No excuses, absolutely. <laughs> Tell us a wee bit about the gig at, at Tuts. It's for so many bands and artists, a bucket list type thing to, to play King Tuts. You see, uh, even with bands coming up, they list one of their aspirations to, to play a gig at King Tuts. It's obviously been the breeding ground for, for so many bands over so many years cool. you to play the first night of, of music reopening since 2020 a sellout after the virtual gigs and everything else and I also mm-hmm. noticed you said that playing live was that kind of monkey off your back you had to get that totally. kind of ticked off the list to do it in such style it, it touched must have been incredible oh that was that was a really good night it was just cool because when I first signed with my management, my manager Alfie is like non-stop 24-7, right? So he was like, okay, next year we're going to sell out King Tuts. That's going to be your first gig, blah, 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 blah. I was like, right, let's just calm down. I've never even done one gig in my life, so we'll see about that. But (laughs) the man was right. And um, yeah, it was a really... It was a really surreal experience, especially being that first person to kind of kick it off with the live music. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was the monkey off my back. I needed to get out there and perform. I'd done a, a small gig at Silverstone um, a few weeks before that to kind of loosen me up, I guess. But it was, no, it was a good night. It was good seeing all my friends and family. It sort of felt as well like a bit of a celebration just because... I hadn't got to celebrate like my successes, I guess, over the last year. So it was quite nice having everybody in the same place at the same time. Given the, the circumstances of being on that first night that everything was reopening, was there that wee bit of a trepidation as well that things might have changed 
quite drastically. I know you, you didn't necessarily have experience of playing prior to the pandemic, but there were so many question marks over people's safety and, and kind of following all the guidelines and things like that. It's, it's a bit more of a, a complex world now, isn't it? Totally. I mean, we'd already had a bit of an issue because we had to reschedule it, um, which I was just like, oh, we're going to have to reschedule it and not everybody's going to be able to come, which they were, not everybody was then able to come, which is fine. Um, the place was still bouncing, but I guess it was one of those things, like I said, I, I don't really like to look too far into things. I just kind of go with the flow. If it happens, it happens, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. And I think now more than ever people understand if it was to be rescheduled again or cancelled or whatever like there's not really anything anyone can do it's one of those things we just kind of have to get used to now um but I lucky for me it went ahead <laughs> all good there was no masks so I was surprised in that I thought there would have been uh everybody was would be wearing masks but I guess it made it better for me seeing everyone singing so yeah, it's, it's, it's very confusing as to, to what the rules are. But I think that must be said, like bands like the Snuts having to pull out a transmit, um, Luke having to pull out as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over the weekend is it's quite heartbreaking to to watch after oh, people have yeah. built up to, to big events for, for this long to almost the kind of 23rd hour it's getting taken away from them. But I, th- I think it's fair to say that they'll be back stronger when. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. Absolutely. There's not, you know what I mean? Like they're not going anywhere as well. Nobody's going anywhere. I think now more than ever, we're, everybody's dying to get out there anyway. So there will be plenty, plenty more. It is obviously a bit gutting and it's, it's a shame, but I look at it like we've waited 18 months already. What's a couple more? So. <laughs> no, you're, you're totally right. And <laughs> wait, I know you don't like looking too far ahead, but you do seem to be kind of filling up your schedule quite well over the, the remainder of 2021 and then into 2022. Let's start with uh, support Miles Kane, who seems to be a, a huge supporter of your work. Uh, I'm sure you played Coventry at the end of last month, didn't you? And now... Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Like, he's he is such a, I mean, such a gentleman. Like, I can't even believe he's asked me to come out on, on his UK tour. That's just, obviously, that's a massive thing. Um, given the fact by that time I'll only have really played a handful of shows anyway um, but it's cool because something like that is, is quite a big challenge for a new artist obviously and I'm just excited to really dig my teeth into it get rehearsing, get the set list bouncing and even being able to watch Miles every night, I'm a big fan of him as well so it is it's kind of, it's kind of surreal to, to be able to be given this opportunity. Um, but I, I feel like I'll learn a lot. I even learned a lot from that, just that one Coventry gig. He, he absolutely is filled with energy. So I'll need to, um, I'll need to take a few tips off, t- tips off of him. Yeah, I can remember from seeing him previously as well. The, the crowd are so up for it as well. They're, they're really, really devoted and totally. got a diehard following. So it'll be He's given you that his kind of stamp of approval there. That's a that's a massive thing, and it'll mean a lot to his his fans and followers as well. That he's given you that endorsement. Oh, I totally. And even I've seen like a few of his fans now 
kind of jumping on my bandwagon, which is exciting to um, to be because I'm releasing some music hopefully soon. So aye, fresh tunes coming out, fresh fans. Um, it's all really exciting. I'm buzzing to get out there with Miles though. It will be a really, really good experience, especially being this age. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't happen every day. So I'll uh, I'll take it in my hands for sure. Yeah, and you've got the, the supports with the Lathams, the Katinas, Red Rum Club, and then you obviously are back out on your own, headlining in London, Manchester and Edinburgh. It's, again, the brilliant support slots. And these are going to be really special nights. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, even so, something like the Laddams as well, they're all so young. And I just feel like, it's, and I'm obviously doing the Barrowlands with them, opening for them at Barrowlands. So I, f I have a feeling that gig is going to be insane. Um, even just seeing the, react the fans' reaction to them at, at Transmit just there. They love the boys and it's just cool. Everybody's so fresh and young and like up for it, ready to go. Um, so I, I, there's there's a lot of good support. Red Drum Club, I'm, I'm buzzing to go out with them. Their new album is unreal. It's not out yet, but I'm really excited to see that live. So aye, it'll be class. And, and then the, the headline ones as well, you're, you're kind of branching out down south and and go out on your own, that must be a, a challenge, but also kind of one that you'll be desperate to tackle head on and, and make the most of it. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think as well, it's just the experience of it all for me is just one of the biggest things. I mean, it's so cool to be able to say, I mean, right, so it Transmit there, I was walking into the queue and there was someone from like Leeds and Manchester and that, and they were like, Hi, we've got tickets to go see you. And I'm just like, that is mad. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's actually crazy how music just spreads like that. Um, so I am excited to to be playing Manchester, Liverpool, all these places, Aberdeen and whatnot. And of course, Edinburgh. Um, that that will be a really special night, I think. I make the case that a number of people kind of you're brought onto the radar of a number of people through the cover of Yes, Sarah Can Boogie, which was adopted, of course, as the the anthem for the Euros. Um, and it was, a, it was a really exciting time. The, the buzz about the country over yeah. those three games was incredible. It was a shame that it didn't last a wee bit longer. But <laughs> Ty Ferry and, and Open Goal had you guessed in, on there on a couple of occasions. And that must be a, a huge help to you because they've obviously got a massive following. And they, they really gave you a platform to, to perform. I, I, that was quite a funny one, actually, doing Yes and I Can Boogie, purely because my main following to begin with was football fans. Um, and they oh, they come in bulk, so that was pretty cool. Um, uh, but I get, being on open goal, Sai asking me to do that, not once, but obviously twice, um, was amazing. I hadn't, I don't even think I'd had any music out by that point as well. It was kind of just the cover everybody was buzzing off of, which then made me a bit more excited, obviously, because I was like, I've got so much like coming at that time. I had so much coming. Um, I, it was just a really good feeling around that time. Um, I, they, uh, 
they treated me nice. I'll be back for sure if they'll have me. <laughs> I think what's quite incredible is, given how many times they've performed that song, they've never ever learned the words to it. <laughs> Do you know what though? That's kind of that's kind of better in a way, isn't it? Like, and and it's hilarious because the song is so simple. <laughs> But then again, do what you got to do. It makes it all that more funnier. They're funny lads to be around, honestly. I was in stitches the whole time. They, they don't seem like they, they've ever got an off switch, do they? they uh, oh, like no. hundred miles an hour at all times, <laughs> totally. And then, of course, you were called a museum on this morning. <laughs> that, that experience was like, so... As I was saying, obviously, I don't really like looking too far into things, but that that's probably the most nervous I've ever been, just because it's live, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, oh, no. Everybody was watching it as well at, at home, texting me. I could not go on my phone at all um, the whole way through it. But that was a really, really cool experience. Being, It's just all the travelling as well. Like, I'm only 21 Traveling to like London, getting flights and stuff by myself. It's just, it's, it's crazy. I feel really obviously independent, but like I'm, I think I'm growing up quite quick now. It's, it's scary, like, but that was class. That was a really, really good experience. Dermot, legend. I actually thought he would have been, it would have been quite scary to meet him, obviously, with the whole X Factor thing and whatnot. And it's like, are these people really like you see them? But no, he was a sweetheart. Obviously, he's got so so much knowledge working with young people anyway. So he he actually put me at ease quite quite a bit. Bye. Loved that. Loved that. Mistake and the introduction kind of helped settle your nerves a wee bit. Um, obviously got a wee bit of traction as well because the media outlets were reporting that you had been introduced as a museum. I'm not quite sure how she made that slip up, to be perfectly honest. I make so many mistakes on here, but I've never went that far. <laughs> <laughs> but but it seemed to kind of just almost break the ice. Mm, it totally broke the ice. It made ev- everyone like behind the set as well were, were creasing. They were in stitches. <laughs> oh no, that that was a good wee um, icebreaker. Um, and to be fair, the moment, do you know what I mean? It comes and goes so quickly. At the time, I actually didn't realise what she'd said. And then I'd got all these like texts from the actual news articles or whatever that were written after it. I was just like, all right, cool. <laughs> no worries. I mean, it makes it that wee bit more memorable, doesn't it? So I can't, I can't be mad at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, uh, and I'm pretty sure she didn't mean it in a bad way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she was able to laugh not. at herself. Exactly. Hopefully not. Um, I but I, after that I literally got a flight straight home so I could get home for the football. <laughs> so it was like that day was actually a really good day. Was that the day of the England game? Yeah. Aye, aye, that was the morning of it. Um, I got back, flew back home, and it was cool because everybody was in their kilts and that at the airport. Got back home, went to my local, well, my pals. And they they were playing my cover yesterday, Kim Boogie, and we were all watching the game. So it was ah, it was cool. It was a really it was a night for me to remember, definitely. Yeah, I think after how long it had been since Scotland had been at a, a major tournament, just to get that that buzz as a as an adult is was... totally everybody was 
you know, I was nice, like, seeing kids on the street wearing football, uh, Scotland strips, because you just didn't see that anymore. Do you know what I mean? No, that's it. And there's so much kind of animosity and bitterness that comes with with football uh, in certain parts of Scotland. And it's it's just so nice when that can all be put to one side, even just temporarily to to all support the one team. It was was great. Uh, I really hope we can do it again soon. I know, fingers crossed. But I, I feel like I'll be taking that song to the grave with me at this point. All anybody ever sings, oh, Brooke. Yes, I can boogie. <laughs> then it starts. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. But I, know, I, it's, uh, I, I think it, it him kind of almost a bit tedious <laughs> by the end of it. Yeah, when you had heard it for the four millionth time, but it was. Oh, uh, yes, it was good. It was good at the time. Was at the time. Yeah, absolutely agree. <laughs> Taking things in a wee bit of a, a different direction. A lot has been made about the the gender imbalance in music, and I think it's possibly heightened in guitar music. There's mm-hmm. a number of incredibly talented female musicians in Scotland just now. Do you feel that the tide is beginning to shift somewhat or do you think there's still more that could be done to, to kind of help address that balance? Um, do you know what? I, I do, I feel like there isn't enough, I mean, in Scotland altogether, I feel like there isn't enough opportunities in the music industry. I feel like it's really hard to break the mold and just get out. Because we, we, I mean, in Glasgow, there's a bit more of a music scene, but Edinburgh specifically, there's really not a lot going on. Um, and you do kind of have to rely on social media, I feel like. That's the whole marketing and promoting yourself side of it is so important. But at, at the same time, I feel like there's a real buzz in Scotland at the minute, and I feel like we are producing some really good female artists, bands, you know, there, there's a lot going on. Obviously, given the year we've had, it's been that much harder to get out there. But I think that's made people really look into music more and find new music more. Um, yeah, there, I, I feel like there can always be more that can be done. But at the same time, yeah, it's feeling good. There's a buzz. I'm getting out there. Rianne Downey, she's been amazing. She's just done River Stage at Transmit. That's a big thing. Um, and she's only got a few tunes out as well. So aye, I feel like it's all happening. Within the next few years, I feel like we'll be seeing a lot more Scottish artists out and about, which is good because when you're in Scotland, when you're Scottish, right, I, this is what I love about being Scottish. It feels like we take our people as our own. Do you know what I mean? Like they're ours and we really back them up. We really support them, hype them up. The gigs are always bouncing. That's what I'm kind of looking forward to within the next few years is coming home to do a home show and you've just got the support of everyone in Scotland. It feels amazing. That's, that's 100%. I, the, you think about it as it's almost like a big community and everyone's backing up each other. You saw the, it was almost kind of wild celebrations when the Snuts got the number one oh, earlier totally. on in the year. And it's just a, especially at a time where guitar music isn't regularly in the charts or anything like that to mm-hmm. have this band from West Lothian take on big massive acts from America and come out on top it feels like a, a real victory for everyone involved in that community whether that's someone that just buys the, the merch and the tickets to the gigs right oh, up to the, the band themselves it, it just felt like everybody that was a success for everyone not just the band oh absolutely I mean it's interesting that as well eh? because it's like over the last few years 
I feel like I've not particularly heard much about Scottish music, like Scottish artists and bands. So it, it does feel like all of a sudden, it's like people have noticed, oh, Scot Scotland does have quite good, uh, quite good acts. Let's let's get on that bandwagon. But it's, it's cool, like, um, the Snuts are doing amazing. You know what I mean? They're smashing it. Um, and they're only going to get bigger, so we can... Uh, I'm, but I'm, I'm dying to see where they go and, and how they do. I'm sure they'll do amazing. I'm sure I'll be um, I'll be up there with them at some point. <laughs> yeah, I certainly hope so. I'm intrigued to how you've handled the pressure of the last six months. You talked about having to, to grow <laughs> up quite quickly, a lot of travelling by yourself. And and that must be slightly daunting, like even travel to London and big mm. media appearances. The thing at Silverstone as well. It's obviously a massive event. Uh, not as if one's not as big here, obviously, but it's, it's much yeah. bigger down south. Yeah. How do you keep your feet in the ground? How do you relax under what must be quite a hectic schedule? I mean, I'm a pretty laid back person, as is. I don't really like to get too wound up about things or get myself, but because I've been there and I've looked too deeply into situations and it is just, it's messy, do you know what I mean? I've ended up getting myself all worked up and stuff like that. I've just been really adopting the whole mindset of just have fun. Like this experience can cut, these, experience cut, these experiences come and go really quick. And obviously, touch wood, I'm hoping that I can do this for the rest of my life. But <clears throat> at the same time, it's like just every moment, just have fun. And when I'm like when I'm on the plane and whatnot, and I'm by myself or whatever, like I've got all my pals texting me, "Can I wait for you to come home?" stuff like that, and that that makes it kind of that much more exciting. Everybody's buzzing about what I'm doing, and uh, I've got good good family as well that are kind of they pick me up if I need it or whatnot. But I I just feel like I've not really got myself too worked up anymore dealing with the, the schedule and stuff it's like we're, we're pretty organized now so I've got a lot of time to kind of be like all right I'm away in a couple of weeks or whatever so it's like it's I'm not like right at the start I was kind of thrown in the deep end I was in Liverpool like every couple of weeks and that was a bit overwhelming because I was missing home and whatnot but um I you've got FaceTime and that so it's sound it's all good <laughs> How surreal is the, the kind of media element? Like, even from speaking to you, and I've only been speaking to you for the last 25 minutes, but you seem so grounded and unable to articulate your kind of thoughts and things very clearly. How is the media side of it for you? Is, is that something that came fairly naturally or did you have to kind of do a wee bit uh, of training by yourself there? I think that part of it is probably the part that's maybe been the most overwhelming um so far anyway just because social media is a powerful thing and um I've not actually had any I mean you get the odd message that's just some dad sitting in his house by himself and he wants to shout at someone <laughs> but I I don't know at the beginning because I was doing a lot of covers I was kind of just used to it, kind of slow. It was uh, it was slowly building, like my followers and everything like that. But when I done yesterday, I can boogie. That totally just changed everything. 
and um, we have, I've got a little social media team now, so we all kind of work together and we'll schedule some posts or whatever, so I kind of know what's going out and we've, um, we've, we've planned it all. Because as well, it's like you use social media now to promote, it's such a powerful tool. So it's important that you're doing it the right way. Um, but yeah, a lot of messages and stuff from that. Um, and, I, and I used to love rep- trying to reply to everybody, but it does just get to that stage where you, you can't do it anymore. There's just way too many. But I'll, I'll answer the odd few because at the same time, I like to, to be in touch and I like them to know that I'm still there. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I think... Uh even just speaking from personal experience, I find Twitter especially the most negative place in the world at times. Um, and it can be used for such great things. And you, you'll see a lot of kind of heartwarming stories and, and people making good use of it. But it just takes one negative person to really just put you right off something at times. And you've got to be quite good at blocking things out and just... You've got a thick skin, like, but I, f- I feel like... I mean, I've had a couple of folk that... I've thought they're funny, but I just bounce them back with the exact same attitude. I feel like that's the only way to, to deal with it. Don't take it seriously. At the same time, I know I'm, I'm confident in what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? So I, at the end of the day, I'm not really that bothered what anybody else has to say. As long as I'm enjoying it and uh, my friends and family are, then it is what it is. You can't, you can't you'd be held back so much. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's, that's it you could you could properly and especially at a time where there's a heightened focus and things like mental health and things like that, you can see how people would die kind of take a dip by oh, going through social media too closely or, or taking it too seriously uh, it's a really fine line there's, there's a lot more personal i think that should be done to, to kind of control anonymous accounts and things like that i think it's a oh i know I it's a joke it's out rabbit hole that it's just I totally agree there should be a lot more being done I I feel like Twitter all of a sudden just is not a censored place at all anymore I I, I never used to feel like that though but I just I agree at times it feels really really negative yeah as I say there's there's loads of bands and artists including yourself that that do use it for for promotion and for engaging with people which I think is brilliant there's just another side to it that just leaves you scunnered, to be honest, and you just... Uh, it's, it's not rare for me not to log in for, for three or four days at a time. Uh, just yeah. can't be bothered. You get that with... There's there's a negative to everything, though, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. one of those things. No, I totally agree. Just as we head towards the end of the podcast, there's the usual generic question to ask the guests, and that is to plug three bands or artists from Scotland that you believe that the listeners should be listening to, they may be already. Uh, but if you've got three there to hand, that would be great. Um, I will go with my pal Rianne Downey. I think she's worth a listen. She's doing some cool stuff at the minute. Um, I was on, I was watching Open Goal. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Luke, Luke Velope, maybe? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, he. I was looking at some of his stuff, and I was really into it. So I'm, I'm gonna start getting more into him. So everybody else should. And the third person, 
Where can they say? Where else is doing their thing? I'm actually not too sure. I'm not that clued up with with music, funnily enough. I'm I'm an old soul. But I'll, um, there's this really cool, cool lass called Brooke Colm. <laughs> Get on her stuff. Well, well, that's three. You managed to tick all the boxes there. There we go, Brooke Colm. <laughs> and, and just finally, at this point, if you've got anything to, to plug, kind of upcoming music, gigs that might not be selling as quickly as you hope and you want to kick some arses and get these tickets sold. Yes. Uh, give a wee shout out. Let's do that. I'm playing at the Mash House in November, so everybody in Edinburgh should get some tickets for that. Also, Manchester, I'm coming for them at a venue called Yes, so get some tickets for that. That's a really small venue, actually, so I have a feeling that will sell out fairly soon. Um, so I and I hope to see everybody there. Got a music video coming out soon, first one. And the song is moody and it's dark and it's exciting. So yes, lots to look forward to. Absolutely. It seems like such an exciting time for you. And Brooke, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you for coming on today. It's been a great conversation and I wish you all the very best in the future. Hopefully we can do this again sometime in the Aye, for sure. Thank you very much for having me. I've had a really good time and uh, hopefully you'll have me back. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Class. You've been listening to the Scottish Indie Podcast. We'll be back in a fortnight's time. Until then, thank you. Goodbye. Black Angel, you look at me with that sparkle in your eye. I've got one chance to take you back, otherwise I'll lay down and die. According to you, according to you, I just lay down and die. That smoke upon your face showed you get what you want, but not in my house, honey. You won't get to push and shove me around. All I can do, all I can do is show you I'm doing fine. Something to hide And that's just fine He's just hell not gonna be mine Her dirty laundry Ended up inside my house I warned you about this shit Now go and take it round And while you're at it Leave your keys Don't you bother coming round To bother me Doors are open, caught up in the moment, hoping 
Swept it all under the rug For so long I thought it must have been 